It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Six the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. It is a Friday. So, of course, it's open phones the entire program. But just so you know, if you're new, I do open phones every day of the week. But on Friday, it's the entire program. Unless I have a guest, Miss Mary got two very good guests for a little bit later on this morning. Other than that, it's you and me the entire way. Trigger warning. Warning, this show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee. And feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. So first story, and I've got several here that are just sort of oddball stories, but I kind of like that on Friday. Sacramento Bee. You know, it's not far off till we get to all of the holidays, not just Halloween. And that, of course, means Thanksgiving. And here comes organizations like PETA. Yes, I know, people eating tasty animals. And there are some people calling to have an event. Would you like to, before Thanksgiving, before these poor birds are brought to do what they're meant to do, what they were raised to do, and that is provide Thanksgiving dinners, would you like to spend some time with a turkey and give it a hug and some loving well, you can. Now, personally, I have met some turkeys along my way. I go for a walk through some really nice neighborhoods now and then, just when I want to get out and get some exercise. And there's a herd of turkey running around. Now, in case you're wondering why I don't call them a flock, I got on the air one time and started reading all the different names, every every single type of animal, and bird and fish and whatever it might be. When they get together in a group, we have a different name for it. I, I got tired of that, so I just call everything a herd. Just so much easier to remember. So this herd of turkey that is around some of these neighborhoods where I live, they're just a bunch of jerks. I mean, really. They're loud, annoying, obnoxious. They charge at people in cars, try to knock over motorcyclists and bikers and so on. Yeah, okay. Well, a California farm and group is taking its reverence for all life to the next level by hosting a turkey cuddling event on Thanksgiving. Yeah, turkeys are affectionate, they say. Please. Uh, and they will charge $50 for suckers, I'm sorry, visitors, who can spend 90 minutes getting to know the turkey better. Now, Actually, I wouldn't mind doing this so I can go ahead and get to know the the turkey that I might be having for Thanksgiving dinner. I would like to get to know the turkey first. The nice turkey who actually wants to cuddle with me, he gets a pass. But when I come across one who's just a real jerk, that's the one I want on my dinner table. That's me, though. That's what I want. Santa Clara Base Farm 
is offering these therapeutic sessions for all three of its locations with uh, $25 for fees at Farms in Nashville, uh, Tennessee, St. Louis, Missouri, or St. Louis as it's properly pronounced, and Santa Clara, which is about 30 miles northwest of Los Angeles. We are inviting you on Thanksgiving Day to cuddle a turkey, they say, uh, celebrate life, love, and liberty with our majestic turkeys who should have been cherished throughout history for their intelligence of infection and dynamic personalities. And there's a video here of a turkey attacking a police car, so I don't know where they're getting this niceness from, but okay. None of the farm's turkeys will end up on plates. What's the point? The barn hopes to convince others to change their tradition from roasting these birds. Uh, just because we've always done something a certain way doesn't mean we have to or need to, he says. We can change our traditions and we can make them more kinder, kinder and gentler. Now, I want my turkey meat. Uh, you reach each uh, precious angel in, in each animal deserves to be treated with dignity and respect. I guess he has not met the turkeys that exist in my neighborhood. Honestly, I don't. I he might have a different opinion after spending just maybe a few minutes with them. You know, Thanksgiving time. The family will be gathering. Admit it. You've been waiting for this all year long. This could be a nice meal, but Uncle Gary had to bring up politics. You told him not to, but he just doesn't know when to shut up. That little snot-nosed, know-it-all college student went all woke while away. Now she's back and just an annoying little jerk who won't quit lecturing everybody about things she knows nothing about. Oh, I'm sorry. That's the wrong bit. That's the bit about the family members you want to kill. Now, we're talking about the turkeys. M Mommy, wh why is Thanksgiving your favorite holiday? Oh, because... Thanksgiving is when America comes together to show what the American spirit is all about. All across the nation, people kill animals and eat them, waving giant middle fingers at PETA. So, I I don't understand. I mean, what, what is... What, you what is see, real Americans don't like to be told what to do by a bunch of tofu-eating hippies. Yeah, but, but... So, we take a goose or a pig or a big bird like this turkey... Yeah, but, and we stuff it full of stuffing like this. But, but, then we shove it in a hot oven like so. But, Mom, I mean, shouldn't you kill the bird dead before you did all that? Oh, honey... Your father and I like our meat fresh. This special Thanksgiving holiday message was designed specifically to hack off the condescending long-haired tofu-eating hippies that try to make us meat eaters feel guilty this time of year. We hope that you enjoy the organic cardboard that you're eating this holiday. In the meantime, we're cooking our fresh kill on coal. I just have a different perspective when it comes to eating animals and a lot of these... Uh, well, I could say tree huggers, but in this case, it would be turkey huggers, too, right? They actually want to charge you 50 bucks so you can spend 90 minutes with one of these annoying birds. You know, I don't know why. And the thing's not even going to wind up on your table again. What's the point? But, okay. I came across a meme. Then this fat, 
it fits my point of view when it comes to meat. The meme reads, it shows a beautifully well-done juicy steak. I mean, just perfectly cooked. Supposedly, this cow was farting a lot and ruining the environment. So I ate it. You're welcome. Be a hero. Eat meat. You see, that's how I take a look at this. If you're so worried about things like cow flatulence, stuff like that, you're saying that it's destroying the planet, then why do you get mad at me when I kill the animal and eat it? Okay, I'm just trying to save the environment here, right? Now, on that note, I have some stories here that there's a whole lot of virtue signaling so some of the next topics here are on environmental issues, but it's more about the virtue signaling that I see in things that have nothing to do with environmental issues. And I'll bring one of those up next. 6.15, wake up Wyoming. In 2000 more stimulating than that first cup of coffee, this is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Six twenty-one's the time. It's wake up, my homie. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. I get a little crazy with virtue signaling. Just so you know, the perspective I come when I when I go off and do whatever it is I'm doing, I'm not paying attention to if people around me are watching me or not. Even when you think about what I do for a living here, I'm really just I do it because I love doing it, and I don't care if anyone approves or disapproves or whatever criticisms they might have. I'm just doing it because I love doing it. And I don't virtue signal, although I do come across other people who all the time will wear certain clothing, do their hair a certain way, grow beard, not a beard, man bun, whatever the heck, you know, drive certain vehicles. They do all sorts of things to virtue signal to other people. And now oftentimes I look at it and go, oh, why do you waste your time? But then I ignore them because if that's what they want to do, that's their business. So I'm watching the news this morning as I'm working here on that ridiculously large television they put in my studio. And they're talking about a trend in some major cities. So they have to virtue signal in the story. They have to include this. The story is about there's a lot of empty office buildings. There's whole skyscrapers that have nothing in them anymore. And a good part of the reason for that is much of the work that used to have to be done at an office can now be done at home. And people like working from home if they can. And that saves the corporation a lot of money on renting office space. So it's good for everybody. So now there's all this office space in downtown areas all over the country. And those office spaces are being turned into apartments and condos and people love it. So instead of, this is to me the irony of it, instead of getting up in the morning and driving into downtown to go work in the office building, they would rather work from home. So now the office building has become apartments where they work from home in the same building that they used to drive to to go work. <laughs> it's just, but I think it's a great idea as so we're making use out of these big old buildings, right? During the course of the story, the young reporter who's talking about this has to toss in there and it's it helps fight climate change. That, yeah, that we're reusing these buildings. It, it, it helps fight climate change that we're doing. Okay. Got to throw that in there as some virtue. It has nothing to do with fighting climate change. It has to do with real estate, right? Okay, so from Bloomberg News, I come across this story. 
One Nation Under Renovation. A good title for the story. For the first time in 20 years, renovations have overtaken new construction architecture uh, in all over the U.S. And it talks about Mayor Lightfoot in Chicago. Now, here's some of the big cities are trying to promote this with subsidies, of course. And as they talk about this trend, same story that I was watching on the television, but this is from Bloomberg News. And they have to throw in there, well, there's all of these old buildings that have been falling apart in major cities. And it really has just been a disaster. But now, renovation, according to the U.S. Census Bureau, 59% of homeowners undertook some improvements. But in downtown areas, again, a lot of those old buildings are being remodeled. Some of them go back to the 1940s and 50s. Buildings are just getting older. Meanwhile, our economy is growing more slowly. Population, of course, we've got a problem with that. Where are we going to put all these people? And so they know that these are some of the factors as people are deciding just to go ahead and live where they used to work and then work where they used to work and now, now that they live. And, of course, they say all of this is good for helping to fight climate change. What? What? The story is about real estate and a great idea to repurpose real estate because the way we do business has changed. But they have to throw in there. It has something to do with climate change, of course. Yeah, uh, buildings, let me see, more attractive architecture. Yeah, they do, and I do like that they mention here, a lot of these old buildings have just a very attractive architecture, which is something that I really did like, always did like. The way uh, older buildings were built back then, they really put a lot of thought into what the architecture was going to be. They didn't just build some glass box as a skyscraper and call it good. They actually put something into the building inside and out to make it a very interesting experience. And personally, over the years, I've had apartments in old buildings. And I've thoroughly, really loved and enjoyed the architecture inside and out of a lot of these old buildings. Now, skyscrapers in downtown areas, they can go ahead and clear out an entire floor, making one big open room. And then if they want to separate it into other apartments or make it a true studio, and a true studio is one big open room, and you can do anything you want with it as the tenant. These, again, are great ideas. So why the virtue signaling once again? This is one of many stories I can mention to you that as soon as the story begins, they have to throw in there at some point. And it's good for the climate what we're doing. This is like I've mentioned there's a retail store around where I live. It's in the mall. And if you take a look at what they sell, very actually nothing that they sell would be considered green or sustainable. And I can point out why. And yet if you walk into the store, they have to put a big poster up there that they're one of the most sustainable businesses in America. They have to virtue signal it. They have to say that they are green and sustainable. Because if they virtue signal, then hopefully that will make you like them and you'll give them their business. Yeah. Virtue signaling is key. You have to pay attention to what other people are thinking about you and say and do the right things. Put up the right kind of signage. Put it in your news stories, even though it has nothing to do with what your news story is whatsoever. And some people will go ahead and dress to virtue signal in the same way. There was a lady I heard who um, 
said she, she was still wearing a face mask because of COVID, but it really wasn't because of COVID. She wore a face mask because she didn't want people to think that she was a Republican. Yeah, virtue signaling. So everybody, I see uh, people when they go oftentimes even grocery shopping will make sure to bring things with them to virtue signal to other customers that they are green and environmentally friendly. When if you follow their lifestyle, they're really not. I like Scotty and Fort Danger. Brings new meaning to work from home. See, that's me, that's just the irony. You wanted to work from home, so we're gonna turn your office into an apartment so you can stay where you're at, which is at work, and work from home. I, hmm. <laughs> Talk about going full circle. That's going so full circle, your head starts to spin after a while. All right, 629, coming up on 630 with local news heading your way. And right after local news, we've got to look at your weather forecast. Then you and I get back into it again. So wake up, Wyoming. Thirty-six of time. It's wake up, Wyoming. So I was just talking about virtue signaling, which I never did understand myself because I just do what I do, and I don't care if people are watching me or not. But I do notice that some people are very concerned, and even some businesses very concerned about virtue signaling. Jim, who's a business owner in Casper, Cunningham Electric. There are many big corporations. He says that still have employees working uh, from home. Doesn't work. No employee interaction takes sustainability longer to um, confirm, uh, to get orders processed, get answers, inquiries, and give accurate service. Not impressed with working from home? Okay. But what about, now, if you could, Jim, what about people in your own industry? Do you find any virtue signaling there? Because I find a lot of businesses today feel the need to throw something out about virtue signaling to make sure that we're clean, we're green, we're sustainable, even when they're not. Bill is in Greeley, Colorado. Morning, Bill. Hi. I just I called to talk about that very subject. All they are is a bunch of opportunists is all they are, yeah. Glenn. They they don't care any more about green than I do. Right. And it, it doesn't, and it really ticks me off because I won't buy from them when they do that. Yeah. There are still actually some businesses that are supposed to be all green, sustainable. That's what they're in the business for. And we find out right. that they are actually some of the worst when it comes to taking care of the environment. So right, right. just because they say, oh, we're in business to save the planet, and then you take a look at how they actually treat the planet. They're, yeah, they're not in business to treat anything except their pocketbook. Right. They're, so there's the opportunistic. They Writing right. a trend is basically what they're trying to do. Right, right, right. It's just a, just a bunch of slimy opportunists as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And, People should just avoid them and let them know you're not going to put up with it. Right, yeah. I actually call will. Tell them. I've, I've called them and told them. So as long yeah. as you've got that green banner out there, I wouldn't buy any. I wouldn't buy a little baby screw yeah. from you guys. 
All right. Thank you, Bill. Let me give you an idea also about virtue signaling like that. For those who might remember this, I'm going to go back a ways. This was like in the 80s. So there were environmentalists out there who were concerned about uh, dyes that we put in things. There were all sorts of dyes and, and food coloring and so on. Bad for us, bad for the environment. Quit using all the food colorings and dyes and all sorts of other products. And so a company came out with a product that they said, it's no dyes whatsoever. It's clear. When you look at our product, you can see right through it because it's clear. And then this whole trend started. One day I walked into the grocery store to buy some cleaning supplies for my apartment. And as I went down the cleaning aisle, every single product, it's clear, it's clear, it's clear. They were all just, you know, like water clear, that kind of clear. That became a big, they even had Pepsi clear, if you remember that. That was a big trend for a while. Everybody's signaling, we're clear, we're clear. That became a word. Even when people were producing a product that had nothing to do with clear, they would use clear in their title or somewhere in their description so they could get on the clear bandwagon. Then it was found out that clear, to obtain a clear product, actually was more harmful to the environment than just using the dyes that we were using before. Very harmful, in fact. And so the whole clear trend went away. But that was people virtue signaling because that's the trend right now. So we, all gotta, we all have to hop on the bandwagon, whether we're actually doing it or not. From Town Hall Magazine, D.C.'s climate virtue signaling carries big-time costs Washington, D.C. mayor thinks people have a human right to come to the United States legally or illegally, and he talks about sanctuary cities and so on. And in this case, he's virtue signaling over, well, we're a sanctuary city, you know, until her city had an influx of illegals being brought in from states like Texas, and all of a sudden it cost them big time, a lot of money, crime, things like this. So their virtue signaling ended up costing them big time when they really had to deal with the actual problem. So it's not just climate virtue signaling. It's virtue signaling on all sorts of different, let your imagination run wild on whatever the topic is. And oftentimes virtue signaling is disingenuous. People want to make it look like they're on the bandwagon and doing the right thing so they would be more acceptable in society. And yet when they actually follow their business, when they actually follow their personal lives, you find that they, they actually don't subscribe to any of this. And it's bad enough that they lie to you about it. You'll find they lie to themselves about it. Oh, no. Oh, no, I believe in all of this stuff. I Why? And yet, they'll go, you can watch it, they go into denial, and whatever it is their virtue is signaling for, that's not the way they live when they think that nobody's looking. And they even lie to themselves about it. I think that's probably the worst part of it. 642, wake up Wyoming. Good morning. And you need to know, quicker than the morning paper or the 5 o'clock news, you need Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods, mornings on K2 Radio.
is the time off to the icebox we go. Frank Gambino waiting by. So, Frank, one thing that's uh, really always fun about living out west like this is this time of year, people like to do, you know, the corn maze thing, right? Oh, they're all over the place. Oh, sure, yeah. Now, let's throw in, since we're in Halloween, let's throw in a haunted corn maze. That's even right. more okay, scary, even more yeah. Or, like in Cheyenne, Wyoming, now for the people who are navigating the haunted corn maze that are being attacked by zombies and various other Bubba, ways, yeah, yeah, yeah. let's give them paintball guns. Oh. <laughs> to shoot the zombies? <laughs> yes, exactly. <Okay>. Yeah. <laughs> and, and what zombie would volunteer for that? Uh, apparently quite a few. They're well padded. They're wearing masks that will protect their face and, you know, their vital parts of their body. But, yeah, some people think it's just a good time to get out there and play the creature and get all shot up. I think it's hysterical. Just, just like their own, uh, you know, horror movie that sure. you see on a Friday yeah. night. You know? Well, I will be in Cheyenne next week, and we're heading up to Halloween when this whole thing starts. So I'm just going to have to give this a try. It what, sounds, the shooter or the shooty? Uh, well, actually, what I want to do, although I want to be the shoot, you know, either one is good with me, come to think of it. Well, do both, just so you I, get I, the, the full experience. That might be fun. And I also want to get behind somebody with a video camera. To oh, give yeah. It a, like a first-person shooter look like a video game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I put a story up on the Wake Up Wyoming site. You can go ahead and look at it this morning about where this is going to be. And they're doing this. See, today's the 21st. They start the 26th, and they run through the 29th. And it's, it tells you where it's going to be, and it's just like 10 bucks to get in and so on. But, yeah, if you want to have a good time doing a corn maze at night, being attacked by creatures, and you get to shoot back. It'll be a blast. Yeah. Uh, but I I looked at this, and I thought, now, as interesting as, as this is, they couldn't have invented the idea themselves, right? Well, no, somebody oh, somebody no. already did this. One of, I have several videos on my story. One of my favorite ones is they made sort of like a zombie town. So <laughs> as you pay your money, you get on a old school bus where they took out the seats and took out the windows. And at each and every window, they mounted a paintball gun. And so as the bus is attacked by zombies driving through the fake town, everybody on the bus gets to defend the bus against the zombies. <laughs> Excellent. I just, I love where this is going, Frank. <laughs> Excellent. Well, this is the last week of the regular season for high school football in 4-8 tonight. And the Toronto will be at home to meet, meet Thunder Basin at 6 p.m. Both teams are in the running for the third, the fourth, or the fifth seeds in the playoffs in 4-8. Although the Toronto, with a win, would give them the number three seed. Laramie has a win and in game tonight as the eighth seed. They're going take on Cheyenne Southwood makes it very hard for Kelly Walsh to get in. The Trojans will be on the road at Cheyenne East. The T-Birds are the number two seed. KW would get in with a win over East and then a Cheyenne Southwood over Laramie. Cheyenne Central who hosts Rock Springs. Central is in that 3-4-5 deal as well. Douglas uh, in 3A will host Lander. If Douglas wins, they are going to get a number one seed. Lander could get a number one seed with a win and some help. In 2A, Glen Rock is out of the playoff picture. They'll be at Upton Sundance. Burns uh, is either a three or a four seed. In 2A, they will host Bighorn tonight and won a six-man KC is in the host encampment next week in the first round of the playoffs. They'll wrap up the regular season tomorrow at Farson. Midwest is out. The Oilers will conclude the regular season tomorrow at encampment. In college football, the Wyoming Cowboys will be at home to meet Utah State tomorrow night in Larry. The Pokes coming off their bye week. They sit at 4-3 and three overall, 2-1 and one in Mountain West Conference play. Cowboys beat New Mexico their last time out thanks to a solid effort from their defensive line. Um, they'll need that again tomorrow. Utah State is 3-4 and four overall, 2-1 and one in league play. They beat a 
bad Colorado State team last week. UW favored by four and a half, and that's a 7.45 start tomorrow from War Memorial Stadium. And we'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KOWB in Laramie. State High School Cross Country Meet will be at Wyoming Indian High School tomorrow in Ethan. The four in four A, the Natrona girls have an excellent chance of winning the team title, and Cheyenne Central Sydney Morell with a great chance to win the individual title. The four A girls race will be first at ten thirty tomorrow morning, followed by the four A boys race, then the two A races, then the three A races. Last night in high school volleyball in four A, Thunder Basin over Natrona three sets to none. Larry beat Cheyenne Central three sets to none. Cheyenne East over South 3-0. In 3A, Douglas over Glenrock 3-0. In 1A, KC beat Midwest 3-0. Tonight, Laramie will be at Cheyenne East and Kelly Walsh will be at Rock Springs. The baseball playoffs, Houston now leads the American League Championship Series two games to none with a 3-2 win over the New York Yankees. The Astros score three times in the third. The Yankees had just four hits. Game three will be in New York tomorrow and tonight will be game three of the National League Championship Series with San Diego at Philadelphia. That series is even at a game apiece. That's it in sports. So, you've been enjoying some really nice weather. Have you been out there covering I was uh, in Pavilion last night, and uh, it was, you know, mild. Yeah. But, you know, you got that W word was going on. Starting to come. It's starting to get here. So all of the fun you've been having out there. Forget it. Yeah, it's over. uh, Yeah, we're moving on from that. The party's over. Uh, Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. I shut Frank off so he would quit singing at you. I'm sorry about that. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that. National local update on your weather forecast. Wake up. Well, Six is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. I do have a guest coming up at 720. One of my favorites, Grover Norquist, president of Americans for Tax Reform. I've been following his work for a very long time, so I'm glad he's sort of a regular on this program. He's going to call in and talk about the idea of, well, the student loan giveaway and why that's going to end up costing so much more money and not going to work out the way it's been advertised. Of course not. Hello, Jay Paul. He's in Vernon. Grandpa Rich in Thermopolis. Jim is in Casper. Scotty's in Fort Danger. Chet is in Yoder. Just some of the people who are messaging me off of the app. I'll get back to the phones in just a little bit from now. Now, before I get into this next story, I just... Let's just clear the air. Trigger warning. Warning. This show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee, 
and feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call the show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. So I was just listening to national news. Not surprised at all. Governor of Florida, DeSantis. Uh, here comes the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. And they're moving towards the idea of having a vaccine mandate for COVID that would be a mandate for schools. So in other words, among the other vaccines you would have to get for your kid in order to go to school, they would have to get a COVID vaccine. And Governor DeSantis said, no way, absolutely not. Here in the state of Wyoming, headline Cowboy State Daily, CDC says COVID vax should be required for all public schools. Wyoming says, no way. The panel from the CDC voted Thursday to add COVID-19 vaccines to the list of recommended shots to attend a public school. Wyoming is not taking the recommendation. The vote was unanimous in favor, by the way. CDC guidance, the story says, on school vaccines is non-binding, however, and ultimately states that they have a final say on whether they require a vaccine for school children. So it's non-binding, but we have the finals. Okay, well, currently we in Wyoming do. Quote, Wyoming has no plans to pursue adding COVID vaccines to its required school list, said the spokesman, Governor Mark Gordon's uh, spokesperson in a text to Cowboy State Daily. The governor has not mandated vaccines for adults or children and believes that COVID-19 vaccination is a personal choice. The health department here in Wyoming concurs. The Wyoming Department of Health also says it has no plans to add the shot to the school schedule. Kim Detai, we've had her on this program before, spokesperson for the department noted that both the CDC and states already recommend COVID-19 vaccines for eligible children. So the referral panel, in addition to school recommendations, isn't a big change. There's, the story says there are other vaccine recommendations by the CDC. And the State Department of Health, uh, nevertheless, uh, requires some vaccines. And you know this, you've got kids. There are certain things, shots the kids have to get in order to go to school. There are other vaccines that they say it's up to you. This would be one of them. Children six months and older who are eligible to receive the two-dose Pfizer-Moderna vaccination. Children five and over are eligible for the Omicron variant booster. Possibly a more substantive change, the story says CDC adjusted their list so that when shots are no longer free for everyone, low-income children can receive COVID-19 vaccines through the existing federal program. Kim Detai said she did not know when the vaccinations would stop being free. That's a federal decision on that whatsoever. But, yeah, there were several states out there that just said, you know, we're not, we're not doing that. That's a choice up to the parent. But the way the CDC put out this, this is a recommendation at this point. But the way they put out the recommendation gives the idea that, well, a recommendation now. Later on, they want to try to make this sort of a mandatory thing. Now, this gets back to states' rights once again. And also what I have a problem with, you heard me talk about this God knows how many times, when it comes to the bureaucracy writing the law yeah for states rights one thing that's that's one big issue right there but then when the bureaucracy writes the law and we're all supposed to comply 
that is not the way we were set up. This is a republic. And it's supposed to be that Congress makes the law. Okay. In this case, though, it would be a state's rights thing, and our states make the law. But that gets back to what you've heard me complain about many times before. States get hooked on the federal dollars being doled out. And they're afraid if they don't do what they're told by the federal government, then they're going to lose those federal dollars, which they have become addicted to. And that's another big part of the problem. For states to get off as much federal money as they possibly can means that they start cutting those strings. We're like a marionette doll right now. They're in charge. But we can cut those strings away and start getting back to states' rights again. That way, look, you have 50 separate choices if you want to live in America as to where you want to live. And if you don't like the way one state's doing it, move to another state where you like it better the way they do it. Or make a change within your state. While transplant from Cheyenne, the worst part about the CDC decision is that it makes it impossible for anyone to sue for damages. That automatically happens when they put it in the child vax recommendations. Hmm. Now, that part I didn't know, that they can't sue for damages and something like this. Which is, again, another thing that the bureaucracy has done. They make horrible decisions, then make themselves immune. Here's another thing, though. Wild transplant uh, for when it comes to suing the federal government. If you, it sounds a little off topic, but let's stick with the lawsuit thing for a while. So remember, the Obama administration was using the IRS as a weapon against conservative organizations forming during an election cycle. Obama was running for re-election. All these conservative groups inform, were being formed to try to stop it, but they have to get to course. Uh, something filled out with the IRS to become an official, you know, political action group. They have to go file with the IRS and be approved. And so the IRS was stonewalling every opportunity they could. So these organizations could not operate. Now, that was taken to court. And it was found that the IRS was guilty of it. And those organizations were given a financial award because they, they actually won, right? But what good does that do, really? Because no one in the IRS was punished. Yeah, th that's taxpayer money being paid out because the IRS lost the lawsuits and were found guilty of something that's frankly criminal. But what, what can you do? You sue the IRS and you get paid taxpayer money and nobody at the IRS is punished in any way? then why would they care if they get sued? And the same thing goes for the CDC, by the way, and other governor organizations like that. 7.15 is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Woods on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Join the show at 888-97-WOODS. It's the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off we go to talk to Grover Norquist, American for Tax Reform, because 
Uh, Grover, it just seems to me like already with the student loan uh, idea that the president's putting out there, I hope so, so far the challenges in courts haven't been going through, but it looks to me like anybody who wants to get relief for their student loan can get it, not just the poor like the president promised. Uh, well, they have a strict uh, protection against that. They ask uh, people who want to have their loan transferred from them to the American taxpayer. They're not forgiving this loan, by the way. The loan is being transferred to everybody who didn't go to college and get it paid for but, uh, from the people who did go to college and get it partially covered by the loan. Uh, and here's the protection. They ask the people who want this money um, to attest that they uh, don't make more than a certain amount of money, and then okay. they send a check. So... Um, We've got this pretty rough, you know, I mean, it's oh, not yeah. just anybody. you got to think through and write, yeah, no, I don't make very much yeah, money. Okay. I've done that, and, yeah. and then you're okay. okay. That's, that's literally that's the way they're doing it. They're, they're, they're running this through the Department of Education. Yeah. <laughs> okay. They're not exactly bill collectors. No, they're not exactly going to go searching the person's financial history to find out if they'd actually qualify as someone who's uh, poor or hard up for money or anything like that. So do you have an estimate how much... Would this, and I like what you're saying, not student loan forgiveness, student loan transfer, how much is going to end up costing the taxpayers? Well, there have been different, the administration has bounced around about how they're going to do this. And of course, once they start it one way, you get past the election, they could change the rules completely. Uh, Somewhere between half a trillion and a trillion dollars. Okay. No big deal. And you got to get this done right before the election, of course. Yeah. Now, this thing is. Well, hit- no, no, you want to promise them the money before the election. Right. Enough to get you to maybe vote. Afterwards, Doesn't they matter. can open the spigots yeah. and uh, make it much more expensive because this is not a popular thing with voters. People realize they're paying for something that other people got. And right. most of this is graduate school debt for people that go to law school, medical school. These people are, you know. There, there is some value to some, not much college, you know, often in college not, but right. graduate schools, uh, business school, medical school, uh, there's some economic value to that. Those people would be capable of paying that uh, back. A lot of that money is going to people perfectly capable of paying sure. it back. They just choose not to. But then they're also doing like 10000 up to 20000 in some case. That doesn't help a person who's got fifty, eighty, dollars $100,000 in debt. I mean, that's not really wiping out the money that they owe. That's a drop in the bucket. Uh, it is. And somehow as they sit in the White House and decide, look, if you're sitting here, how do we give somebody other people's money? There's no fair way to do that. Yeah, right. There's no even rational way to think that through uh it's just a bunch of bank robbers you know giving up the cash okay but now this would i i'm going to put this in your quote help because i don't think it's much help uh those people now but this is a one-time thing we're not forgiving every loan or transferring every loan from now on it's just that so what about someone who will be starting college after all this money is being paid out. They're still going to be stuck with their debt. Uh, Yes. Uh, What would be a good idea is if you were trying to rethink this, perhaps colleges Mm -hmm. that teach, you know, that give people graduate degrees in early Tibetan uh, Frisbee uh, would be required to cover part of, you know, somebody can't pay their 
uh, student loans back because they got a degree in nothing yeah. um, and didn't learn any useful skills. Uh, and all of that money they were spending didn't go into their education. They went yeah. into the bureaucracy and you know all this wokeism stuff that they keep sticking uh, more and more staff and bureaucrats into colleges to, to promote this, that, or the other thing has nothing to do with education. And yet that's what the student loans pay for. Mm-hmm. There's 700,000 university professors in the United States and a whole bunch of bureaucrats. That's what this pays for. There's, there's no rethinking by the administration of but, whether yeah. this makes any sense. Perhaps they should say, well, we'll cover costs of education, but you better show us yeah. that this is a professor's salary. I, I think that uh, Trump made a mistake in referring to uh, Warren, Senator Warren of Massachusetts, as Pocahontas. Mm. He should have re- referred to it as $400,000 in your student debt yeah, every right. year. Well, now, it's also, I think, uh, a problem because universities, if they really cared about this, if they wanted to do something, many of these universities are worth billions of dollars anyway. They've been socking it away. So why would the taxpayer go ahead and cover this? Why can't they get some relief from the universities? Why is it a tax-exempt entity? What's, what, yeah. what are they doing with that? Um, R- Ralph Nader and um, uh, Unz, conservative uh, from California, ran an effort at... Uh, Harvard trying to get Harvard to say, look, Harvard shouldn't charge tuition because just a fraction of what they they, you know, mm-hmm. they, they take in. Uh, Harvard uh, is a hedge fund that runs a small university on the side. Yeah, uh, and if they, you know, quit pretending. I mean, they they charge all these different things, and some more for some people, and some for less people, and some. It it's all make believe money given the quantity of cash they have in the savings. And why are the taxpayers sending any dollars to an institution that rich? They don't need it. They could educate every person they want to or they're capable of without ever dipping into, you know, capital, yeah. just going off of the income of the capital that they've got. Okay. Now, I, I really don't see any of the universities changing their ways anytime soon until they get to the point that we're not just handing out money because the government took over the student loan system anyway so the whole thing just kind of feeds on itself doesn't it um i was unsure why it was important to the left to take over the student loan program used to be run through banks uh and the answer is so they could cancel the debt um that's what they were planning to do that's why they did it the only reason you would do it make you know the idea that the federal government can more efficiently lend people money and collect it than a bank can is kind of counterintuitive. Banks have been doing this for, oh, I don't know, several hundred years, and the federal government can't make these projects work when they when they do run something like that. Uh, so it was set up to, to fall apart right. uh, and to just allow... Because remember, the left goes, you know, going to college until you're you know, 35 is a human right, and we should be like Europe, where nobody really starts their life until they're in the 30s. Yeah. Uh, and then they retire in their 50s. <laughs> and then they wonder why they're poor. Yeah. Now, I did hear this morning that several of the states which tried to file suit against this, the yeah. courts said that they have no standing. So we have to find another way to go after this. That's an odd one, because they worked very hard to show that they did have standing. Yeah. There are some states that will clearly be damaged by this, uh, and others 
that, that won't, but depending on how they set it up, I would like to see which states they said no to because that, yeah, the, yeah. the effort to get standing, uh, I thought, was very sound in several of the, uh, the efforts. But there, there was more than one, so it's possible they knocked out some, and there are others yet to come. Remember when it gets to fraud, they run about at least 10% fraud when they write food stamps and everything yeah. else, and um, it's tax, you know, for child tax credits, those sorts of things. When they did the hurry up and spend $1.9 trillion uh, through mm-hmm. Biden in the first month of his presidency, that uh, it was supposed to be about COVID, of course, uh, nothing to do with COVID. Americans for uh, tax reform, this and other topics, where do they follow you? Uh, ATR, ATR.org is our website, and I put tweet at Grover Norquist. All right, thank you, Grover. Appreciate your time this morning. Coming up on local news, update on your weather forecast right after that. Open phones, 888-97-WOODS, Wake Up, Wyoming. Wake Up, Wyoming mobile app. Wake Up, Wyoming with Glenn Woods on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Thanks for joining me. All right, 888 woods the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. We will have, in 8.06 will be the time for this. I got a call yesterday. Well, I should say, I got a message off of the app yesterday from a lady who is working with the Grassroots Campaign to get Brent Bien as a writing candidate for governor of Wyoming. Now, a lot of you remember that name because Brent did a, a very good job with his campaign, although I knew he was coming from behind, way behind. Nobody knew his name. And we have a governor who, of course, just because he's the governor, he's out there every day just being the governor. And so for anyone to campaign against that, having no name recognition in the state, there's they're way behind on the field, and they have to do a lot of catching up. Well, Brent Bien did reach out to me when he started his campaign. Had a meeting with him. Thought he was a great guy. Met him several times. Really enjoyed talking to him. I thought he ran a very good campaign, but again, started from way back and did not catch up enough to beat out Mark Gordon. But there are people out there who still want Brent Pien to be governor. So they started a writing campaign. Now, my understanding, and I have to reach out to Brent on this, but my understanding is he's not opposed to the campaign, but he's not campaigning. The writing thing is purely an independent thing by people who just liked his campaign like him and want to see him win. So there is a movement out there. I noticed it on social media. It's all over the place. People posting and sharing. How big the movement is, I don't know. So a lady named Cheryl will be joining me as head of the Grassroots Campaign to get Brent Bien as a write-in candidate. 
And I'll go ahead and send Brent a note at some point asking if he want to come on at some point, come on and just uh, comment on what the campaign is. Since he's not the one who started it, he's just watching it happen, just like I'm and many of you are, are watching this happen. So she'll be on at 8.06 to talk about that, came, which I think is interesting. How many candidates in, let's just take Wyoming for a moment, because it's happening all over the country. Let's just take Wyoming. There are quite a few candidates out there who won in the primaries, but there are people who were not happy that, oh, my God, that's our primary, which means they're probably Chuck Gray's one of them. He's going to be our secretary of state for Wyoming. And there were some people who just did not like that idea, even though he won with a pretty good number. You know, he won a pretty good number out there. So he's our nominee and there was nobody running against him at first. Now there's a couple of write in attempts out there with Chuck Gray. But a lot of it came from people who did not want to see Chuck Ray in office at all. Now, he, th that's not the only one in the state of Wyoming. Brent Bien's not the only one in the state of Wyoming. There's a few other campaigns out there as well where the nomination in the Republican Party, I don't see this happening in the Democrat Party, but the Republican Party nominee was just not who some members, I guess we can call them of the establishment, if you want to, if you want to classify it that, just did not like the idea that this person or that person won. And so they start a write-in campaign. All right. We'll see how they go. Because oftentimes write-in campaigns don't do very well. At most, you can make a statement with a write-in campaign. But how many times in American history can you think of that a writing campaign actually won. That's not to say never, but it's extraordinarily rare that a writing campaign actually wins. And it's also a matter of motivating people in such a way that they would actually have to show up at the polls and not just check a box, but write a name in. In other words, you're gonna have to make them think and pay attention to your issue. Most voters don't do that, I'm sorry to say. Had a conversation with several people about low-information voters. And low-information voters are people who really, again, don't pay a whole lot of attention to what's going on. Then come Election Day, they vote for what they're most familiar with. Uh, and, and that's the hardest part to overcome because that makes up the bulk of the voters out there. Anyway, the interview with uh, Cheryl, who is head of the grassroots campaign to writing candidate for governor of the state of Wyoming, Brent Bien, will be on at 8.06. I'm going to get a hold of Don Day for your weekend forecast. Wake up, Wyoming. Ford Wyoming. Listen anywhere and chat live with Glenn during the show on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Seven forty-five is the time. It's wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Off we go to talk to Don Day from Day Weather. Because all of a sudden, Don's happy voice, because things have been so just wonderful out there, has turned ominous. It sounds that way, Don. <laughs> sounds like Vincent Price. It kind of does. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, it, but but this is not. I mean, this is a change here. But we've been through far worse. So, taint nothing, as far as I'm concerned. Well, it's yeah. We're we're headed towards the end of October, and we're we're bound to have something like this come through. We really haven't all season, so it's to be expected. But always, I will tell you, no matter what, 
people always get caught off guard, even though you, we've been talking about it for five to seven days. It's it's going to certainly be a change. It'll be a shock to the system after this beautiful weather. Sure. Now, there is, when I was watching your podcast, which goes through Cowboy State Daily, you pointed out that after this system that is beginning, really, of, of this week, the first one moves through, there's a possibility of a second, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, there is going to be another frontal system. Now, I, I don't expect it to become a large storm, but I see another snow event in the high country uh, sometime around the Wednesday, Thursday timeframe of next week. And there'll be some showers in the plains, and it will reinforce uh, the, the trend of colder temperatures. Uh, things are changing to where instead of such such a large area of high pressure over the western half of North America, like we've seen for most of October, more often than not, now we're going to see for a while these these troughs and these fronts coming on through. So the frequency of weather events will be going up as well. That's what I was going to ask you about because we get into this time of year and there's you know, one, then there's the next. And all of a sudden they start picking up speed as we go through, I'd say, you know, the transition period, right? Yeah, that that's a good way to describe it. We're, we are transitioning out of an early mid-fall pattern to a late fall pattern because we've had these little snippets of summer-like weather uh which has really been this past week but it's harder it's going to be harder now to have episodes of weather like we just experienced now for the rest of the month and then uh you know it'll it'll be november here soon uh, right. so so we, we just you run out of time Either the seasons are just gonna change all right thank you don have a good weekend all right, Don Day with Day Weather. So there you go. Just uh, here here comes the changes, and they slowly but surely become more and more frequent. Off to the icebox we go. Frank Gambino. So uh, since we're getting into the Halloween mode here, Frank, I've added something that I want done at my funeral. Oh, uh, like more candy? Uh, that would be good. That's not a bad... Bowls of candy for people to... No, 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 no. Oh, it's okay. going with you. Oh, going with me. Okay. Now, I was thinking of crunchy They can get their foods. own candy. I want, I want to hand people potato chips so when eulogies are being given, you hear crunching going on. Yeah, okay. I want... Unfortunately, the man died, but I wanted Gilbert Godfrey to give my eulogy. Oh, okay. Yeah, the screamer, you know, that would be, that would be just absolutely hysterical. But then, then I just saw this, and I thought, oh, I want this. It says, when I die, will someone please go to my funeral dressed like the Grim Reaper? Don't say anything. Just stand there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she... And the rest of and the rest of people are like, what took you so long? Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, those are the kind of things I want to add in there to make this some kind of an event. You right. Know, the, you know, you don't want any dour, no, no, dreary, no, no. you know, funerals. And actually, really, they, they, they over the past maybe fifteen years, they've they've, they've become more upbeat. Yes. You yeah. know. Oh, uh, in fact, so, so, sometimes drinking festivals too. Yeah. You know? Um, Schrader Funeral Home is one of them. And there's also the other one uh, in the Casper area, same company. And one of the things that they do, they advertise, is so if you would like to have a party, like a backyard barbecue, they have a place for that. They have a patio. They have grills. They bring all the food out. And they make a party and a celebration out of your life rather than making it something that's really more. But, 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 but you're, you, you wouldn't be there. Well, no, I would be inside in the in the coffin. But 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 they're not going to bring you out. No, in that they, thing. But they should. Why not? Why can't they prop me up? Huh? 
Well, I, 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 they used to do that. Okay, yeah, they did. There's pictures of stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, you know, get you, you know, like, you know, we can have your pictures taken with you. Yeah, you know, selfies. I, sure, know? I'm all for that. Make the whole thing a lot more interesting. Not like the, when you go and watch a Hollywood movie and someone dies, everybody's wearing black and it's always raining. Right. Yeah. So, but I'm not sure I want to go to yours, and then you're standing up over yeah. there in the corner. I'm like, now I really need a drink. When that, yeah, but then you take your drink, and you walk over, and you lean up against me, and we get a selfie together. No, man. No? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking it would no, make the whole man. thing a lot more interesting. Well, how no, do you want to go? I, 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 don't, I, don't, I just want to go. Oh, you just want to go. Okay. Just want to, want to go. Well, I mean, I just, you know, I don't need a state funeral or no, anything like that. Like I mean, that. just no, no. say, hey, you know, he was here. Thanks, you know. Yeah. You know. But I like the Grim Reaper idea. Yeah, that, that, yeah, I just think good, yeah. that some, if somebody would do that for me. All right, this is the last week of the regular season for high school football in 4A tonight. And the Toronto will host Thunder Basin. Both teams are in the running for the third, the fourth, or the fifth seed in the playoffs. Although the Toronto, if they win, will get the number three seed. Laramie has a win and in game tonight uh, for the eighth seed versus Cheyenne South. And that would make it very hard for Kelly Walsh to get in. The Trojans are on the road at Cheyenne East. The T-Birds are the number two seed. KW would have, would, would have to win that game, and then Cheyenne South would have to win, and I think, didn't think the odds are very good of that. Cheyenne Central host Rock Springs. Central is in that 3-4-5 deal as well. In 3A, Douglas will host Lander, and uh, if so if Douglas wins, they're the number one seed. Lander could get a number one seed with some help with a win. In 2A, Glen Rock is out. They'll be playing Upton Sundance tonight. Burns is in is in the 2A playoffs, either as a 3 or 4 seed. They'll host Bighorn tonight. In 1A, 6-man, KC is in the host encampment next week in the first round of the playoffs. Then they'll wrap up the regular season tomorrow at Farson. Midwest is out and the Oilers will conclude the regular season tomorrow at Encampment. College football, the Wyoming Cowboys will be at home to meet Utah State tomorrow night in Laramie. The Pokes are coming off their bye week and sit at 4-3 and three overall, 2-1 and one in Mountain West Conference play. Cowboys beat New Mexico their last time out thanks to a solid effort from their defensive line. They're going to need that again tomorrow. Utah State is 3-4 and four and 2-1 and one in the league play and beat a bad Colorado State team last week. UW favored by 4.5. That's a 7.45 start tomorrow night from War Memorial Stadium in Laramie. We'll have that for you on Keechu Radio in Casper and KOWB in Laramie. State High School Cross Country Beat will be at Wyoming Indian High School in Ethany tomorrow. In 4A, the Natrona girls have an excellent chance of winning the team title. Cheyenne Central's Sydney Morrell has a great chance to win the individual title. The 4A's girl ra- 4A girls race will start at 1030 in the morning, followed by 4A boys, then the 2A races, then the 3A races. Last night in high school volleyball in 4A, Thunder Basin over in the Trona, three sets to none. Laramie over Central, 3 nothing. Cheyenne East defeated South 3 nothing In 3A, Douglas over Glenrock 3 nothing In 1A, Casey over Midwest 3 nothing Tonight, Laramie will be at Cheyenne East, and Kelly Walsh will be in Rock Springs. In the baseball playoffs, Houston now leads the American League Championship Series two games to none with a 3-2 win over the New York Yankees. The Astros score three times in the third. The Yankees had just four hits in that game. Game three will be in New York tomorrow, and tonight will be game three of the National League Championship Series with San Diego in Philadelphia. That series is even at a game apiece. That's in sports. So I always have to ask every Friday, and where's Frank going to be this weekend? Well, I think I was, I was in Pavilion yesterday, okay. so uh, it was a little bit windy there. I think I'm going to run over to Douglas okay. tonight. Then tomorrow, I'll be over in Ethany. So, um, yeah. you know, so when you talk about, like, the weather, you have to figure out, okay, like, Glenn, how much time are you going to spend outside on Saturday? Um, depends on what the wind's doing. You will be out the side all Saturday, right? Well, yeah. I'm calculating three and a half hours outside. Okay. I said that's still not bad. You'll just get, not sunburn, you'll get windburn. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Carol and Casper, I was thinking about this while we were talking about it. So she thinks my funeral is basically going to be like weekend at Bernie's. 
Oh. And that's kind of what I'm shooting for, Frank. <laughs> Do I need a reservation? Yes. <laughs> now, just show up. Oh, God, thank Frank you very much. much. All right, coming up on some local business we have to take. We're going to roll into news time after that national local update on the weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming. Finding great. Eight oh six the time. Let's wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. It's a Friday. We'll get back to open phones just a few minutes from now. Okay, so we have, of course, our uh, primary runoff here in the state of Wyoming. And because there were so many candidates out there that were disapproved of by either one side or the other, then there's some people who are just not happy with the results of the way that those primaries came out. And so in several cases, there are writing candidates. That includes Secretary of State. In some cases, the candidate who is a writing candidate didn't campaign to be a writing candidate. There are just people who are just fans of that person and would like to see that person in that particular particular political office. In this case, I'm talking about Brent Bien, who had a privilege of meeting him on several occasions and interviewing him on the air, and I thought he ran a really good campaign. I mean, it was really, but he came from so far behind as an unknown going up against someone who's the governor of the state. So everybody in the state knows his name. That's a lot of territory to cover in a very short period of time. And most people, even if they run a good campaign, find it very hard to close that gap by the time everybody gets out there to vote. Cheryl's on the phone with me. She's head of the grassroots campaign for you to write in Brent Bien. Morning, Cheryl. Good morning, Glenn. So what inspired you to decide that you needed to start up a campaign for Brent? Oh, a couple things, actually. I, After the primary, I was like everybody else. Okay, so Mark Gordon got the nomination. It's over. And I was a very big Brent Bien supporter. I had a sign up in town in Thermopolis. And I went, drove downtown and I was took the sign down, drove home and got about halfway home. And I thought, nope, nope, this isn't going to work for me. Took it out and... Uh, went and cut up another sign and put right in all over it and hung it back downtown and took a picture of him posted on Facebook. Right. Oh my gosh. I got people just coming out of the woodwork saying, Hey, I want, we want to do that too. We're going to write in Brent Bien. And it just, it just kind of escalated from yeah. there. And, and we have hundreds of people around the state that, uh, in our campaign and we've, we've organized it pretty well. Okay. Now, I have seen all over social media and a few signs out there. Now, I wonder, though, what does Brent think of this? Well, of course, Brent says it would be, an, you know, has said since he started campaigning that it would be an honor to be the governor of the, of the state of Wyoming. Right. Um, but as far as being able to be involved in it, you, it's, it's that's kind of a thin I don't know if I'd say legal, but maybe mm -hmm. it, it somewhat could be a thin line. Okay. And 
we are just running it because we want him in. And we also thought there was some hokey things that went on uh, with the primary. Okay. And that's what really set me on this. Okay, I'm, a, re- I'm a researcher, and I kind of looked up what happened in the primary, and I believe it was sort of hijacked because of, you know, a lot. The, the crossover voting was double that it was in the 2018 gubernatorial election. And in addition to that, there was a lot of publicity with the Cheney Her- Hageman uh, election. And that pretty much took over, and there were probably to the tune of 50,000 some people. Uh, came out of the woodwork or got up and voted in the primary that did not normally vote in the primary. And you mentioned it earlier, um, the uninformed voter. Mm. Okay. So I think they, that it really impacted our down-ballot candidates in a way that was really unexpected. I, honestly, I think Brent would have won had it not been for the crossover voting and the huge publicity with the Cheney uh, primary election. Okay, so let's see how we proceed from here then, because you've got to get, this is still coming from way behind, because people look at, well, as you started by saying, well, the primary's over, and so people seem to have made up their mind, and so, okay, we're kind of set, and most people are in that mindset. So it's good to see so much on social media as far as you know the progress that you're making, but in order to let people know that this is even happening, you are coming from way behind, and you've got just like three weeks to go. Okay, here's what we did, Glenn. Thanks okay. for asking that. We we I've been in a campaign before, just as a citizen, um, of long many years ago, and I kind of took that uh, model and I I kind of put it out here. So I made a bunch of packets, so to speak, like directional packets, and I set out to find county or city captains. So we have we have probably 35 city or county captains around the state. Those captains in turn find precinct captains. And the precinct and they all have certain things that they're that duties or whatever that they perform. Some do all of them, some do none of them do something different, and some do just some of them. So some of the things they do, we have newspaper ads, there are billboards in Cheyenne, by the way. Um, our, we have teams driving around, like you said, repurposing Brent's old campaign signs by putting right in on them. People are daily and every weekend walking neighborhoods, knocking on doors. Citizens are making phone calls. Um, the captains and the citizens have used their own money to buy flyers, door hangers, billboards, radio, and news ads. So we're we're doing our goal. Can I, can I mention that real quick? Sure. It's pretty much what you'd think it is. Our, it goes right along with what you're, you know, how is this going to work? Our goal is to get the vote out. It's to remind the almost 50,000 voters who voted for him in the primary that they can also vote for him on the November 8th ballot by writing him in. Plus, we're, we're asking and urging those voters to find and bring at least one person who did not vote in the primary to write him in. And so then you take that 50,000. Of course, not all of them are going to do it, but you take that fifty thousand and you double that, and he wins. Okay. And what, the one big one we're doing, I think, and maybe I shouldn't even talk about this one, but it, it's we we plan on having a vehicle near every polling place in every precinct with a very visible reminder to write him in. Do you worry, and this is uh, one I hear from people who don't like the idea of, of write-ins, what about the split-the-vote argument? We wind up with a Democrat. 
Oh, no. Well, first of all, we already have a Democrat in Gordon. Yeah, okay. But anyway, so, <laughs> I mean, here's I did. I looked at those numbers, too. Like I said, I didn't I didn't enter into this lightly. No one has. I mean, and I may I may be like the, the face, I guess, if you want to call it. But this isn't my effort. This is a statewide team. Everybody's efforts. There are, there are literally thousands of people on this. But back to that, the uh, split vote. Right. OK, so I dug up. Uh, numbers from the Wyoming Secretary of State elections. And and the Democrats, they just can't do it. Even in 2020, where they were probably coming out of the woodwork to vote down Donald Trump, right? And to, um, you know, the never Trumpers, I'm sure, were in there as well. They still only were able to mount 73,491 votes. They would have had to have had for a split between Mark and Brent, right? They would have had to have had 96,780. And the same numbers come up with 2018. A split with Mark and Brent would be 60. They would have had to amount 68,105. They only came up with 61,227. They, they just, if there were three candidates, Glenn, you know, three strong candidates, that is. Um, sure, it's possible. But with two, they they just don't have the numbers yet. Well, and I even take a look at who, not just the Democrats, but the Libertarian Party. They have somebody out there as well. And if I ask people who are those candidates, even Democrats don't know who the Democrat running in Wyoming is for governor. They don't. Yeah, they're so they far She's... back in, in the pack there. So they, they don't have much of a, a chance anyway. All right. So let's say someone wants to know more or maybe even get involved. So I guess you would have to have a campaign website and social media and all of that for them. Yes, we do. We have a Facebook page. If they just want to go onto Facebook, it, you know, a lot of people don't want to go on Facebook, correct? If they want to go on Facebook, though, they can just hop on there and just type in Brent Bien for governor. Um, this is our own page. It's not his. He does have his own page out there as well. But you know that, you know he's not he's not really running for governor. I guess he is running, but he's not. Um, and that's where they can mostly find it. If they want to contact anybody from the campaign, they can always reach reach out to me, and then I can send them to the captains in their counties. And you can reach me at my email address. I can give that out if you want to. Uh, yeah, you can. Go ahead. Okay. It's just, um, well, let's see. It's Cheryl, C-H-E-R-Y-L dot Aguiar, A-G-U-I-A-R at gmail.com. I've probably painted a big target on my back for that. <laughs> but liberty, liberty's, you know what, Glenn? Liberty's worth everything. Okay. Well, now you have, again, just a... Uh, a few weeks to go, so that means you're going to be very busy during the next few weeks. I guess this is going to be a full-time job for you. Yeah, we've been, we've been doing it for about, honestly, we've been doing this pretty much since about a week after the primary. Okay. So we've, we've kind of come out of the closet in the last few weeks because we didn't want to give too much warning to to somebody who has a bunch of money. We don't have any money. Right. It's just people like, oh, I'll buy an ad. Okay, I'll buy some cards. You know, it, that, that's what it is. That's it. Nobody is there's no, no pool of money. Um, there's no pack. This is this is legal simply because we are citizens and we have we can right. exercise our right to yeah. do this. All right. Well, good luck to you. I'll be watching very carefully to see how this plays out. It is interesting because even if you don't win, if you make enough of a showing, that should say something not just to our current governor but the Wyoming Republican Party. 
It should, definitely. And you know what else it would say, Glenn? If we, if we won or even made a big enough showing, I think that I'm hoping that Wyoming and, and these group of, of patriots that are working with this project will make a statement to the rest of the country. Like maybe people will look around down in Kentucky and look at Mitch McConnell and go, mm, maybe we can get rid of him. Yeah. You know, it's we the people. It doesn't have to be the party. It doesn't have to be, you know, a big pack and a lot of money. Wow, wouldn't this be national news, huh? It would be, yeah. All right, Cheryl, thank you for coming on this morning. Appreciate it. Thank you, Glenn. All right, 818 is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Travelers need to be... He is live on AM 1030 K2 Radio and the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Three is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming, 888-97-WOODS, the phone number. That's 888-97-WOODS. Talking about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. Fine by me. I was sent this one from our friend Rhiannon in Fort Danger. And Tesla, the electric car company, loses its always sunny in Philadelphia actor, Glenn Howerton. No relation, just because he's named Glenn. <clears throat> it's always sunny in Philadelphia star has detailed the frustration and the frustrating experience of having his Tesla stuck in the parking garage for 24 hours saying the electric car maker has lost him as a customer speaking with his co-stars Monday the the actor traced the ordeal back to Friday was a Friday night when his key fob broke and he was forced to leave his Tesla overnight on the bottom floor of his Los Angeles parking garage after he was unable to connect to his Wi-Fi to access the vehicle. As Tesla notes on his website, the Model X, your phone and vehicle, must both be actively connected to a cellular service to allow the mobile app to communicate with your vehicle. Does that mean to a rage, he said, every time or every step of the way throughout the journey, every single thing that I could that could go wrong went wrong. The next morning, after studying the issue, he placed the key on a designated area on the car and was able to get into the vehicle, which was still unable to start because the key fob was having difficulty talking to the car. So this is not like the old car where you put the key in and turn the ignition. The key fob has to talk to the car. Yeah, it's basically artificial intelligence communicating with each other, and they don't like you. But anyway, next morning after studying the issue, he does that, making the situation worse. He was able to ha unable to have the vehicle towed because of the low ceiling in the garage and because he was unable to put the car into transport mode. He spent eight hours in a parking garage on Sunday trying to fix the issue. It was very difficult to get through to Tesla's support teams, he added, noticing that he was also not able to get into contact with Tesla's roadside assistant and vehicle support team. Desperate, he decided to call De Tesla's sales department. I was like, you know, you guys lost a customer today. I've been a Tesla customer for about 10 years. He described being tossed back and forth between Tesla departments to no avail. In the end, he was able to find a tow truck, deliver the vehicle uh, small enough to get into the parking garage and get the car out. Since then, he says he's been relying solely on the Tesla app to drive his car 
and they have not fixed the fob yet, and so the, the problems continue. But now I look at that and I think, well, there would have been one really easy way to fix that problem. Just leave the car where it is, and when you can get it towed out, fine. Just go down. Since he, you know, he, hopefully he makes good money as an actor. Well, not all actors do, but hopefully he does. And so, as an actor, maybe he makes enough money that he can just go down the road to some auto dealer and buy a gasoline-powered automobile. Just drive off with that. He'll have fewer problems with it. Because this is one of the cases where the problem I have, there's several problems I have with the Tesla, but one of them is they're putting so many high-tech gadgets into it. They're trying to be so clever. You can make it so, so high-tech and so clever, you end up defeating the purpose of the vehicle. Simple, oftentimes, is the best way to go. Sometimes the best technology is simple technology. If they keep adding more toys and gizmos to it, there's more that can go wrong. So, all right, he lost a customer. Now, does that mean he's no longer going to drive electric vehicles? I don't know. He might buy one from Nissan. I don't know. Jeff is in Casper. Respectfully, with the projected red wave in the election. Oh, he's talking about our last... Um, uh, guest that I had on who was going to do a writing candidacy for Brent Bien for governor. Respectfully, with the projected red wave in the election and the possibility of a recession, would the Democrats begin immediately harping on the election, uh, stating a recession was the fault of the Republicans now in office? I'm interested in the historical perspective. Surely that's happened before. Oh, they now on a national level, Jeff, they are trying to blame the Republicans for not voting for everything that's passed. Yeah, every, everything that they want to do, the Democrats want to do, they're getting passed on a national level. And then they say that our problems are because the Republicans voted against it, even though it all passed. I have, I'm not going to be able to figure that out. It doesn't make any sense. Here in the state of Wyoming, by comparison to other states, we're actually doing rather well. Great? No. But much better than other states. So the Republicans in Wyoming have that kind of a bragging right here. As the, the Republican Party in Wyoming has a lot of infighting going on right now. The Democrat Party in Wyoming is pretty much in complete disarray and non-existent. I mean, can you name a single Democrat candidate running for anything? Most of you can't. And most Democrats in the state of Wyoming can't either. That's been their problem. All right, coming up on some local news we have to take care of. And we're going to roll into your weather forecast after that. Then, of course, a nice long segment of open phones. 888-97-WOODS, the phone number. Wake up, Wyoming. on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. Hey, 
36 the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. 888 Woods, the phone number 888-97-WOODS. So I'm going to go and replay something that happened on the air yesterday because I thought it was a very good conversation. In fact, if you want to follow up to this, I wrote an article on the Wake Up Wyoming website. So I get a call from a gentleman named Lee. I remember, I'm lousy with names. If I ever meet you, I'm going to ask you your name more than once. Because I'm just, my brain, here's your name, and then I drop it immediately. I forget who you are. I just I just have the hardest time remembering names. This guy I can remember because my dad's name was Lee, so easy. And he's in KC, Wyoming. And he was approached by the state of Wyoming with federal dollars to start a charging station at the KC gas station. We had a very interesting conversation about it. Now, all morning, people have been asking me questions about that, and I've been sending them a link to the article that I wrote on Wake Up Wyoming. But because of that, I'd like you to hear that phone call again. All right, Lee is from KC. He wants to talk about electric charging stations. Morning, Lee. Morning, Glenn. How are you? Good, sir. What you got? Well, I had some information for you, I guess. Uh, So we were approached as gas station owners by... Wyoming representatives about the new infrastructure bill about putting charging stations every so often across the interstates across Wyoming. Yeah, um, they had they had told us that they had gotten I'm sure from a large sum of money that was is undisclosed. But we Wyoming got twenty four million dollars. Right. Yeah. And every fifty miles, they're supposed to put a charging station along our interstates. However many miles of interstates, depending on where you kind of draw the line, you know, mm-hmm. Cheyenne to. Evanston, Cheyenne to Sheridan, you know, 350 miles by 300 miles, such and such. But, okay. Um, which isn't a great big deal. You know, there's about, that'd be about 15 stations from there. But what the okay. crazy thing is, is that they told us that each charging station, which would be four chargers, was going to cost anywhere from 500000 to a million dollars a station. Um, really? Which I think is outrageous. Um, but the the weirder part is those were the only numbers that they had available to us. We when asked, you know, how much more is it going to cost us to, you know, put these on our electric bill? They had no idea how many people we even thought we were going to get. That that they knew they thought we were going to get 0.3 customers a day from this. So, <laughs> okay. uh, I mean, out of how many people come through Wyoming, not very many are busy season, obviously, is Yellowstone. Yeah. It's summertime, people going to see Yellowstone, so... Now, if you're going to do just interstate, which is, I think, was their plan, you're going to miss everything northwest of Casper mm-hmm. if you draw those lines, which is everybody's travel path to Yellowstone, right. which I'm assuming is where most of the electric cars will be going. Um, I don't know. It just sounds like another one of the okay. great big government flukes. It, it does. Okay, so you said when you dropped me a note here off the app, you said that your family owns a gas station there in KC? Yes, sir. Okay. So my thought then is if they put a gas station there, which I've used that gas station, by the way, I, you know, on occasion swing on by and pop into the little convenience store and fill up. So wonderful. You're always welcome to come in and talk if you'd like to. I do. I usually do that, but whoever's at the counter is usually kind of busy. But well, let me know where to find you guys. I might just go ahead and look you up. But when I pull it, the gas station's there because it's profitable, right? So yeah. with the number of, let's call them customers, that these charging stations are going to get, 
Would you consider that to be profitable to build something at that cost to get those many customers? Well, I guess the cost won't be to us up front. Obviously, we'll pay through it through taxes and things of that nature. But yeah. We won't have to pay for half a million to a million, probably two million, you know, as, right. a, as the stations get scattered up in their state. No, there's no way, obviously, that we would be able to. And then I guess the other crazy thing was that they told us the shelf life on those was going to be five to seven years. And we personally would be responsible for paying and fixing those things. Oh. And, and if, you know, as state funded things go, if somebody's broke down in Cheyenne of charging station, we're not going to be able to get a mechanic up to fix whatever right. the, would go wrong in a charging station up to KC for weeks, you know. So, no, a point three customers per day is not going not right. to make it any sense. You see, my point is that. the whole reason that your gas station, your family gas station, is located where it is is because somebody, well, in your family thought, hey, I know how I can make a bunch of money. I'm going to go up a, open up a filling station, and now it's profitable. I'm making money at this. The reason why you don't have electric charging stations there without the government showing up and dumping a bunch of money on you is because it's right. not seen as a profitable endeavor. So once again, without heavy subsidies, these things wouldn't exist. And as soon as the subsidies run out, it's not going to exist any longer because if you guys are responsible for the upkeep and eventual replacement of these things and it costs that mm -hmm. much money to upkeep and replace, it's not profitable. So eventually these things fall apart. Absolutely. Especially with the short self shelf life as they have. Right. And then we kind of looked into doing it. We thought, man, that's an outrageous amount of money. We looked into kind of a, a private way to do it. Right. So we looked at the catalog that all gas station owners get every year. And to buy a two-charging station uh, or a two-prong charging station electric thing was twenty-five grand. Now that's mm. without install and all of this stuff, but it was only twenty-five thousand dollars for a two-prong charging station. Okay. Which we thought was—I mean, how in the world could they be so wrong about so much math? First of all, right. If we want to do it privately, it would be way more affordable. But we still, according to their math would only get point three customers a day. Okay, so but still now, not feasible I think the difference is, because I looked into different kinds of charging stations, and there's three different types that I saw. Last I read this, there's three different types. Depends on how fast Correct. you want to charge. So if you do the two-prong yep. one, that little hotel that's right next yep. to your gas station, you're going to have to rent a room because they're going to be there for a while. Right. Yeah. Correct. Now, if you hours. yes. Now, yep. if you got the other ones that can charge up in about fifteen minutes, those are the ones that are really expensive to put in, but they can kind of yep. hang out in front of your store for fifteen minutes while that's charging yep. up. And yep. And and looking into what would require it, I, we were at a dealership the other day, and I asked about the new electric F one fifty, and they said for every two hundred and fifty miles that you drive, you'll have to charge for twelve hours. So yeah. looking at that simply with a level two charging station, which take about 10 hours for somebody to go from zero to to fill. I mean, I guess it would pay for us to have one if they have to sit there and eat three meals a day and buy a room. Yeah, sure. But now you're making a profit, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So where, where do I find you next time I fill up at your station? Where are you guys located? I know oh, just, yep, just ask for the owners. We're usually right outside the office. My mom will always love to have those conversations, especially oh, okay. with people okay. that kind of spread the word. So, Because uh, usually I see some employee at the cash register, which I assume wasn't you. No, that depends. That depends. If okay. good-looking, that's me. Then, oh, yeah. Then maybe I have spoken to you. I just didn't know I was. 
Okay. Yes, that's probably true. Next time through. Okay, so that was a conversation on yesterday's Wake Up Wyoming, which, again, there's an article with some more detail about that on the Wake Up Wyoming website about those uh, charging stations, which is one of the reasons I say it's got to be more organic if this is going to be a successful thing because, as you heard the point we were making there, so, okay, with taxpayer money from the federal government, Let's say they build those charging stations. Now, if they're making money for his business, then those things will never fall out of repair. He'll make sure they stay running because money's coming in. But if they're not making money or worse yet, costing him money, you think he's going to spend his own time and money repairing them? 845, Wake Up, Wyoming. Ford Wyoming start the morning. News, weather, and a pocket full of opinions. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Eight forty-eight. the time. It's Wake Up, Wyoming. Off we go to the icebox to talk to Frank Gambino. Okay, Frank, spill the beans here. So when you were a little kid, what did you dress up as for Halloween? One time I was like a, it was like a TV show. I was like a astronaut oh you know i mean i had a little you know jetpack on the back and you know like a a coned head and stuff like that it it came from a tv show and i and i still have a picture of that that would have been probably been 1968 69 something like that you know Um, then, then as I got older, I dressed up as baseball players. Oh, okay. So you got into the sports thing right away. When is your? Well, yeah. When well, no, no, this was when I was an adult, because that was the only thing I could ha- right. I could find out of the closet. I'm like, well, I'll just be a Cubs guy. Yeah. Okay. And then I put yeah. some some black, you know, uh, you know, shoe polish underneath my eyeballs, you know. And <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was good. See, now I went through a craze that lasted for a long time. So my mom, she had from World War Two a nurse's cape cloak if you will oh cool yeah now for her it went way down past her calves but i'm a little kid so it's a whole cape for me right yeah. all the way down <laughs> to the floor and i could go ahead and pop the collar up so right away i put that on i slick back my hair and put vampire teeth in oh yeah that's perfect yeah cheap <clears throat> sure and it was halloween after halloween i kept wearing that because i really loved it although now one year i went ahead and got this makeup that i saw at a store and I thought, here's a good idea. And the right side of my face was green, and the left side of my face was white. And then I found some medallion that looked like really creepy, you know, that I big medallion that hung around my neck, you know. And I, it, I, I have no idea what that was supposed to be, but I got uh, clothes that sort of matched the whole, you know, thing. And uh, that that was kind of fun. Yeah. Now, what age did you stop wearing costumes, or are you still doing it today, um, like right I now? I think it probably stopped when I was 45, maybe. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Actually, maybe a little bit earlier than that. Right. Yeah. Costume parties, you do them? Um, I, I, not, not as much as I used okay. to. No, not me, but I was invited to one for this Halloween, so I'll, I'll go ahead and go to that, you know, and I, I think I already told you I've decided... Put on the mask from those cheap plastic ones that we had back in the 70s. Oh, yeah. I mean, what, it could be a dog yeah, or anything and, else. And the garbage bag that had something printed on it, which yeah. was supposed to go with the mask. Duct tape that around my waist and go, it still fits. That's my plan, yeah. Frank. There you go. Have fun with that one. Well, this is the last week of the regular season for high school football. In 4-8 tonight, the Toronto will host Thunder Basin at 6 p.m. Both teams are in the running for the third, fourth, or fifth seed in the playoffs. Although, in the Toronto, if they should win, will give them the third seed. Now, Laramie has a win 
in game tonight uh, as the eighth seed. And they're going to take on Cheyenne South, who has not won a game yet so far this season. That's going to make it hard for Kelly Walsh to get in. The Trojans were on the road at Cheyenne East. And East is going to be the number two seed no matter what. It's going to be tough to get by them. And it's going to be tough for Cheyenne South really to get by Laramie. So it'll be tough for Kelly Walsh to get in. We'll see. Cheyenne Central will host Rock Springs. Central is in that 3-4-5 deal as well. In 3A, Douglas will host Lander. And if they win, Douglas will get a number one seed in the 3A East. Lander can get a number one seed with a win and some help. In 2A, Glen Rock is out. They'll be playing Upton Sundance tonight. Burns is in as either a three or four seed in 2A. They'll host Bighorn tonight. In 1A, six-man, KC is in. They will host in Camp. Next week in the first round of the playoffs, I'll wrap up the regular season tomorrow at Farson. And in 1A6 Man, Midwest is out. And the Oilers will conclude the regular season tomorrow at Encampment. College football, the Wyoming Cowboys with a home game at uh, in Laramie to beat Utah State tomorrow night. Cowboys are coming off a bye week instead of 4-3 and three overall, 2-1 and one in Mountain, Mountain West Conference play. Cowboys have beat New Mexico their last time out thanks to a really solid effort from the defensive line. They'll need that again tomorrow. Utah State is 3-4 and four overall, 2-1 and one in the league play, and they beat a bad Colorado State team last week. UW's four and a half point favorites. That's a 7.45 p.m. start tomorrow night from War Memorial Stadium. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KOWB and Larry. State High School Cross Country Beat will be at Wyoming Indian High School tomorrow. In 4A, the Natrona girls have an excellent chance of winning the team title. And Cheyenne Central Sidney Morrell has a great chance to win the individual title. And that 4A girls race will be the first one. That's at 10.30 in the morning tomorrow at Wyoming Indian, followed by the 4A boys race, then the 2A races, and the 3A races. So, oh, go, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I thought you were done. You're done? Not yet. I'll go for it. Okay, high school volleyball in 4A. Thunder Basin beat Natrona three sets to none. Laramie over Cheyenne Central three sets to none. Cheyenne East defeated South three sets to none. In 3A, Douglas over Glenrock three sets to none. In 1A, Casey beat Midwest three sets to none. Tonight, Laramie will be at Cheyenne East, and Kelly Walsh will be at Rock Springs. And that's it in sports. Okay, so uh, now there is a costume that I'm considering because friends of mine like to get me unusual Christmas gifts because yeah. as far as I'm concerned, Frank, to buy someone a drill or a chainsaw for Christmas, don't do that. No, get no, 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 no. Now, you know, I am, some people are into cars. I'm into aviation, right? We can get you yeah. some wings and stuff. Actually, some friends of mine last Christmas got me a old leather pilot's Yeah, there you go. And you got to have the goggles. With the goggles and a silk scarf to wrap, wrap well, around my neck. there you, there you and go. And I have this nice pilot's jacket that goes with it. So, uh, I could just throw that stuff on, you yeah. know. And Way to go, Mr. Limber. There you go. See, that's the kind of presents that I like to get for birthdays and Christmas. Stuff right? you that's could use. Toys. That's yeah. what they're also. Yeah. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business that we have to take care of. We're going to get a news time after that. National local update on your weather forecast. Xander's open phones. Just you and me. Wake up, my own. Six of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. So it's open phones. It doesn't matter what I'm talking about. You can change the subject all you want. Triple A ninety seven Woods is the phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. And on that note, Cody's in Carpenter about electric cars. Hi, Cody. Hey, good morning, Glenn. Good to talk to you. Yes. Hey, I just gonna weigh in. You know, so many thoughts. It's hard to get them all in order. But first of all, I just want to paraphrase it by saying, you know, I'm an electric car hater. 
Okay. The whole idea just seemed ridiculous to me. Okay. But I also like to be, you know, I mean, researched and intelligent and, and open-minded about everything. I mean, you know, things change, right? And things yeah. are changing. But uh, so I'm not sure. It kind of sounds like we're just all being electric car haters and bashing on them here this morning. Mm. The Teslas are... And they got some pretty amazing features that are yeah. kind of neat. If you ever ride in one or take a drive one, they're they're, they're not evil and they're not. Oh no, you know, they're not. You know, no. well, yeah. I, they, fact, you know, I mean, like, the, the whole conversation, the guy that was held up in the parking garage and stuff. Yeah. Like, we've all had car problems. Oh my yeah, god, yeah, we know? do basically. Just, but let me get. That's why I said I wonder if he'll go out and buy another electric car or was it Tesla? And what I attributed that to was not that it's an electric car, but Tesla keeps putting more and more gadgets in the car. And the more gadgets you yeah. put in, the more can go wrong. And that's the problem is they're overloaded with gadgets. Now, my thing is... Well, I... Go ahead. Yeah, but, but I, I don't know if that's any different in any other vehicle. You know, I'm the same way. I mean, I like roll-up windows. Yeah. You know, it needs to have air conditioning. That's the only thing I really want to have. But you go down to the dealership, and, and they've got all of this stuff. You know, and in four and five, six years, that's the first yeah. thing that fails. You know, sure. All that yeah. stuff. Well, now, my thought is I'm, I, I don't have a problem with electric vehicles as far as the technology has improved quite a bit. And there's a lot that they're doing that I'm in, very impressed with. The problem, and so I, I would like to see people continue to develop the technology, because even if the technology fails, we have so many cool inventions that came out of that failure that it was worth it yes. anyway. What I have a problem yeah. with is... So they're squeezing us out of internal combustion engines by trying to punish us for using them. Even California doesn't want them sold anymore by in their state by a certain date. At the same time, they're going up to electric car manufacturers, the government is, and also uh, gas stations, you know, go ahead and put in a charging station. But handing electric car manufacturers, here, have all of this subsidy money which is not something that automobile manufacturers of internal combustion engines get or gas station owners get. And so that kind of stuff drives yeah. me nuts. Let the market figure it out, and we'll get a good product out of it. But, you know, I, I, I mean, I agree. But part, I think my other point was yeah. this morning they're talking about he was going to get the gas station guy in KC 0.3 customers per day or whatever. It's kind of a chicken and egg thing. I mean, nobody's yeah. driving electric vehicles in Wyoming because there's no charging stations, too. Right. You know, so, so how do you... I'm against subsidies. I hate, I mean, I'm just playing a little bit of devil's advocate a little bit. Right. But if we do need, you know, to change the technology, to change the convention against internal combustion engines, how do we do it? The market's well, not going to ever do it. So well, it has I, to be subsidized. Re, no, I don't think it does. Deal. There's where you and I will disagree. Really because take a look at gas stations, how they popped up all over the country. And they didn't pop up because government was subsidizing. They popped up because suddenly the automobile was a big thing that everybody wanted one. And so people thought, what a great way to make a living. I'll open up a, a service station somewhere for you know gasoline and convenience and all that kind of stuff. Right. It didn't happen because of government subsidies. And the same thing will happen. In fact, the same thing would happen. Take a look at the cell phone everybody's carrying around. That didn't happen because of government subsidies. They had to build cell towers. The whole infrastructure for cell phones. They had to invent the cell phones and continue to keep reinventing them to keep us buying the latest state-of-the-art model of cell phone, right? And all of that happened without government subsidies. So can we have charging stations all over the country? Well, if there's a market for electric cars and people really want them, you'll see them popping up organically all over the place. Yeah, I, mean, I just don't see how we're going to break that convention. I mean, just back to yeah. the phone conversation, it'd be like we suddenly decided that cell phones – 
we're somehow bad for the environment and right. we need to go back to landlines. How right. are you ever going to get people to go backwards? I you do know, think, I, I, just, you know, I do think, though, if you offer somebody, now here's part of the problem with electric cars right now, even with all the tax breaks and subsidies, they're still extraordinarily expensive. If they invent an electric car that actually can, on every level, outperform the internal combustion engine and is affordable, then you will see a switch over. But as long as they're outrageously expensive and they're having problems with them, people are not going to switch. You have to produce a product that makes people look at it and go, oh, I've got to get one of those. That makes much more sense. Yeah, you're, you're very right that I agree with that. Mm. But if the, where we're disconnected is I just don't see Maybe, maybe I'm just not thinking big enough, but I don't see how they're ever going to make an electric car that has the range. You know, it, it, right. the battery deal is such a big deal until we have another large jump in, in technology, okay. which it's Here's hard to see. That, I don't okay. see it ever get Here's better. something that's worth looking into. There are yep. new battery technology. You have to go to some YouTube videos to watch some of this stuff. Yep. The only downside is you have to put up with a bunch of greenies preaching to you about the environment. <laughs> but there are people out there that are inventing batteries that don't work the way the current battery, lithium-ion battery, does. And it's completely – not even not even using rare earth minerals. Now, they're just in the starting phase, but some of this stuff shows great promise. If they can get successful developing these new batteries that charge faster, last longer, and are not the toxic waste of the lithium battery, then, hey, they might actually have something, and this could take off. But they've got to – they're in the development phase. Here. Yeah, some, some of what they've discovered is really interesting to watch, but, of course – they have to prove it in an actual marketplace where people are driving it every day for work and, it, and not just yeah. not just taking your kids to school but you know on the industrial level too if they do that then yeah. they crack this and we all go electric yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great conversation. Thanks for the time. All right. Thank you. I appreciate it. Cody from Carpenter. Triple eight ninety seven Woods, the phone number eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. This is where again I don't I, I don't hate these kind of technologies. All I ask is, first off, do not subsidize. Don't subsidize. Okay, let it happen organically and naturally. And to Cody's point, when he said, you know, when we were talking about how charging stations would pop up all over the place. Well, again, remember, for those of you old enough to remember, there was a time there weren't any cell phones out there. None. And then the first cell phones were these big bags. Remember those? Someone had to carry around like a small suitcase in order to have a cell phone. Then, the portable cell phone that everybody could have in their hand. And then, the screens that everybody's looking at now as they walk into telephone poles and so on. Okay, then we get into the current iPhones and all the other phones. And think about the network that's been created. So cell phone networks are all over the place and cell phones are all over the place. And it's not because somebody went to the government and said, we need to subsidize this in order to make it work. It's because somebody looked at the invention and thought, wow, if we can get one of these devices into everybody's hand. And so they built it, they marketed the thing, and they convinced you that, oh, you got to have one of these. And because of that, here's this extraordinary technology, which I even hesitate to call a phone. Think about all of the apps on what you call your phone. How often do you use the phone app? Yeah, most of you use all the other apps all the time, and occasionally you actually make a phone call. 
It's probably about the least used app, almost. Right? But that happened organically. So if they come across a way to make electric cars that's actually good for the environment and actually affordable and reliable and can beat some of the things that the internal combustion engine can do, then you will find people rushing to that market. It'll happen pretty much overnight, and all of a sudden, all the infrastructure will be set up everywhere. But what you have is your government with an artificial um, economy. That's just not going to work. Trying to subsidize things that are not not ready for real world right now and are not uh, clean or green at all. Actually, very bad for the environment, these electric cars. Tammy's on the phone with me. Morning, Tammy. Well, good morning. Hey, Gwen, two things. Um, You're talking about these electric cars. You know, here's my question for you. What is the draw going to be on these cars when you have a slushy road? Because, Mm -hmm. you know, on on our big trucks, that slush is going to draw more on that battery, or that would be my thought. Mm Mm-hmm. The in so, fact, there's been problems with electric cars when they go to, or even trucks when they go to tow something, they lose charge fast. When they have to ride up hills, they lose charge fast. They just don't do very well when they're asked to do some taxing job like a big diesel engine well, could do. Yeah, and how is the traction going to be on these? I mean, well, you you said that you used to live in Gillette, and yeah. I used to. I've gone to Gillette and come back to Casper, yeah. when those roads were just ungodly, scary, yeah. Oh, yeah, slick yeah. and snow. Oh, I know exactly what you mean, yeah. Heading toward Midwest. And how are they oh. going to do in a blizzard? Yeah. Okay. Well, this is where the, the test is, because as they try to push them on more and more people in Wyoming, I guess we're going to find out, right? Yeah, and then, okay, so here's why I have really called. Right. So you say that you love the little town of Glenrock. I do, yeah. Okay. Saturday night at the Naughty Pine is the annual bra auction. Oh, really? This auction is to promote breast cancer awareness. Okay. And there are some atrocious bras hanging up in Rusty's Naughty Pine. Okay. But there are auction items that are going to be wonderful. Um, CJ Box has helped us out. He sent us a signed copy of one of his latest books, um, Craig Johnson. From the Longmire fame, has also sent a couple of books. There's all sorts of local people that have gotten involved, and there's some wonderful items. So this all starts at 6 o'clock on Saturday, and then there's a live band that's going to start up at 9. Okay. So this all happens in Glen Rock, Wyoming, which, by the way, I recommend for... Oh, you have to remind me of the name. I can't believe I'm forgetting it right now, Tammy. Uh, the name of that little pizza restaurant that's really not a pizza restaurant. The Classic Cafe. Exactly. On the okay. corner of Birch and Ford. I'm talking, yeah. Uh, the one that's and, um, right just back across the street from the old inn. Yes. From okay. old Higgins, yes. from the Higgins Hotel, yeah. and all the all the profits, okay, are going to go to the Angel Care Network for breast cancer awareness and cancer families. Okay, okay, so everybody needs to be there. Let's let's go through it again. Glen Rock Saturday night, right? Yes, sir. Okay, and uh, it starts at six what time? O'clock. And six o'clock. And how six do they o'clock. find the place? How do they find the location if they haven't been um, to Glen Rock? You can't miss it. The Naughty is on the main street, which is okay. Birch. Right east of the the stop sign. Okay, okay. you know Glen Rock is so big. We only have yeah. one four way stop. 
yeah. and you're not going to be able to miss it. I yeah. mean, you'll be able to find it, no problem. All 6 right. o'clock is when the auction starts. 9 o'clock is when the live band starts. Rusty's Naughty Pine. All right. Thank you, Tammy. All right. Have a good day, Glenn. Right. Bye-bye. 919, Wake Up, Wyoming. Steve Wyoming from Boring Morning Radio. That man is Glenn Woods. This is Wake Up, Wyoming on K2 Radio. 25 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. All right, 888 what's the phone number? Oh, here we go. Uh, Lee from KC is sending me a note. He's the one I just uh, replayed the interview, or I should say a phone call he gave me yesterday, about the electric car charging stations and the offer he got to put some in at his station in KC. He said, another deal I forgot to share was the government knows how many electric cars in each state. For example, they told us that there was under 200 in Wyoming. So they know how many electric cars in Wyoming. They can do the math enough to anticipate how many customers a day we will get, which is probably about 0.3. And assuming, of course, Lee, that they drive your way, right? But for some unknown reason, they can't do simple math about how much it'll cost to maintain and replace each station, how long they will last and what they will cost us and the government. Another interesting thing I thought you would like to know is there's a guy in Sheridan, Wyoming, who has started his own electric car company, and he's going to put a very large warehouse in Sheridan to build electric cars, and he approached us as a gas station owner to come and put... uh, in four-station charging port for free if we would pay for the upkeep and he would pay for the maintenance because the people would be using his electric car charging station for his cars. Now, I couldn't see the state of Wyoming giving a portion of the $24 million to this guy. Um, you know, they say one point, uh, one uh, to four million will for a startup company invested so they can make money back on and spend they uh as he will be creating jobs and creating opportunities for the electric car industry be kind of interesting to see what he i hadn't heard about that one in sheridan but i'd like to go ahead and look into that it'd be very interesting to see where that goes and if we end up with an electric car company like that here in wyoming but now this is where lee it gets a little dicey because One of the reasons that we do so well with, let's say, Ford or someone like that is because they have a factory that can greatly reduce the cost. You know, I like airplanes. One of the problems with airplanes is they don't sell enough, so they have to build each airplane individually, which drives up the cost like you wouldn't believe. So is this guy going to be able to put a factory together like Ford Motor does? You have that kind of money? Rich is in Thermopolis. Hello, Rich. Hey, how are you doing, Glenn? Good, sir. I I had about three things I was thinking of. You know, they were talking about putting up all these uh, charging things on the interstates. The most popular route, you know, back in the 60s was coming from Casper through Thermopolis going up to Cody, the Yellowstone. You know, they aren't even thinking about U.S. routes. Yeah. Yeah, and that's part of where they had a, the state had a conversation with the federal government about U.S. routes and said that it's not possible for us to put stations way out there because they're so far 
out there. It's just not possible to do this. And that's where the federal government said, no, if you want the subsidies, you have to do this. It doesn't matter. But a charging station, are they talking, how many vehicles are they talking about charging? Usually they have a charging, well, right now to start with, usually a charging station has like four ports for people to charge at. And they try to put in the charging ports that can charge a vehicle in like 15 minutes. You know, it's it's what they try to do anyway. I was just thinking how everybody's talking about hours to do it. I was thinking, man, it almost take a dang parking lot. If they can only charge that slow, then that would be a problem. But they do have a way to charge it a lot faster than that. But the problem is it's not always a – there's a grid problem with that. And not everywhere way out in the middle of nowhere has the capability of charging that fast. So there's the problem. All right, I got to run through the other thing. I was, I, if, if, okay. if you want to, do you want to hang on through the break or do? You, do? No, it's no big. Okay. Thanks, man. Thank you, man. Grandpa Rich calling from Thermopolis. Coming up on news time. Update on your weather forecast after that. More phone calls. Triple eight ninety seven Woods. Wake up, Wyoming. stimulating than that first cup of coffee this is am 1030 k2 radio Nine thirty-six. the times wake up wyoming uncle sam out of thermopolis i like grandpa riches in thermopolis so is uncle sam in thermopolis. since we were talking about electric charging stations around the state he writes they can set up natural gas or diesel generators for out-of-the-way places, meaning here in Wyoming. That's funny as hell. But then I wonder, yeah, but you think they would? No, th- there are stations like this. So if someone goes over to an electric charging station. They actually, These things actually exist. And they plug their car in, and then they swipe their credit card or whatever to pay for you know the charge, right? And as soon as they do that, this diesel generator fires up, and they charge their car. Those things actually exist around the country because not every power line has the capability to quick charge an electric car. See, again, some of these stations can charge an electric car like 15 minutes, but you have to have the grid in order to be able to do it. It's really important to have the actual power grid that can handle Something like that. There's a lot of places where they want these charging stations that can't. Which is why, again, I say let the market decide. Do this organically. When the government comes in and tries to force it. Let let me give you an example I gave you earlier this morning on this. So let's say we have a gas station owner. And this guy takes the money from the state of Wyoming, which actually came from the federal government, meaning we robbed future generations of that money. So, okay. He takes the money, and the money goes to setting up the electric charging station. But according to Lee and KC, after that, this gas station owner is in charge of keeping that electric charging station running. It's now his responsibility. That's the deal, right? Okay. If the char and we can even imagine that he didn't take subsidies, he decided to set it up on his own because he thought maybe there's going to be a future for this. Whatever the case, he set it up, right? Now, if the charging station is making him money, you better believe he's going to keep that sucker running. But if the charging station is either 
not making money, or worse yet, operating at a loss, then when it breaks down, he's not so interested in getting it back up and running, especially if it was operating at a loss. It breaks down. What's his incentive to get it up and running again? If he gets it up and running again, he's got a loss again. But if he just leaves it dead, at least the loss has gone away. He doesn't have to worry about it anymore. And that, I think, is part of the problem we're going to find with a lot of electric charging stations around the country, especially in rural areas that don't get used all of that much, is they're just going to start falling apart like that. Also, and I, I, I think this is the case, but we'll see, because a lot of times people get fooled. The number of times that I've seen human beings just get fooled with something. As I've told you many times before, these cars are not environmentally friendly at all. Not to create and not to dispose of. And as long as that remains the case, well, then environmental groups as well, but also in general, people will start to realize. So we were supposed to get a car that was more environmentally friendly than the internal combustion engine, but we didn't. We got one that's extremely bad for the environment. So why would we want one of these things? Now that is a distinct possibility that could kill the electric car. The other thing is the government cannot keep up the subsidies like it's currently doing. There's no way government can keep up these subsidies. It's not gonna happen in the long term. We're already so in debt right now, we can't keep doing what we're doing as it is. And as you've seen with wind and solar farms, when the subsidies run out, those things, and, and I've seen power companies do that, even with their own region here in Wyoming, I've watched power companies do this. So they, they set up a wind farm, right? And a lot of that was because of tax breaks and subsidies and even laws that said, you're a power company, you have to have so much wind energy. That's actually a thing that the federal government did, which should be unconstitutional. But okay, so they have the wind farms set up, just like they were told to do, and then over time, they, as these things begin to, anything, everything wears out. Everything wears out. They begin to break down. Of course, everything does at some point. And you'll notice they don't get out there and fix them. There's no rush to fix them. There's no interest in fixing them. Because these things, either are just like the charging stations I mentioned, are either not making money or operate at a loss. So what's the incentive to keep them going? Yeah, absolutely none at that point. And that's a big part of the problem that we run into, that there's no incentive to keep these suckers going when the subsidies run out and we find them operating at a loss for a whole list of reasons. But then again, people, especially environmentalists, finally, finally, finally start to admit to themselves what they already know, that these things are not good for the environment like we were promised that they would be. What then? Well, what then is we're going to wind up with a massive mess to clean up, aren't we? 942, Wake Up Wyoming. It matters to wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Call Glenn at 888-97-WOODS and make your voice heard. AM 1030, K2 Radio.
947 in time. Wake up Wyoming off to the ice box. We go Frank Gambino's waiting by. Uh, Frank, I'm going to tell you a story of heartbreak and oh, sadness. Oh, come on. So now up in Buffalo, Wyoming, there's uh, three teenage girls who uh, were bored. They were told by their music teacher in school that they really sang well together and they should work on that. You know, okay. They really sounded good together. Okay. And so here they are, like 13, 14 years old, and it's snowing outside and they're bored. And they went ahead and wrote sort of like a bluegrass song. Okay. Prairie Wildfire Band is what they go by now. Okay. They travel all over the region. They travel all over like Tennessee and North Carolina and South Carolina, Virginia, stuff like that. Nashville has some of their songs uh, on top of the charts of the bluegrass genre. Oh, sweet. Oh, yeah. They're really doing well. And these are three girls that are now college age. They just all entered college and they're out of Buffalo, Wyoming. Okay. So I've been following them since I've been in Wyoming because I I really think that they sound not just vocally phenomenally good and they write a lot of their own music, but they all play multiple instruments and it's really impressive how good they are. And so they play all over the place, right? So I promote their music. I just wrote a story about them. They have their latest video out, right? Mm -hmm. I promote their songs. I post repost their stuff on my Facebook page. At the Chugwater Chili Festival, since I host it, I introduce them. Okay. Every single year, I introduce the band, and I just love these ladies to death. So so you've met them and talked to them? And Until the last Chugwater Chili Festival, where after I got done introducing them, when they got off stage, I went over to talk to them, and they looked at me and said, I'm sorry, what was your name? You're who? Oh, okay. Yeah. Just, well, they meet they meet they meet a lot of people now. You know, I, I mean? guess so. But you know, with all of the promotion I've given them on the website, on air, and Chugwater Chili Festival, and other venues where I'm the guy who introduces them and bring them up on stage, you would think that they would have remembered me. Maybe no way, clue. no clue. <laughs> Well, they're probably running into tens of thousands uh-huh. of people per day. Yeah, I just it just broke my heart, Frank. I just really mm. did. I just follow everything they do. I think they're phenomenally talented. But nope, you would uh, maybe, maybe they don't want any groupies. Maybe I'm just a creepy old guy. By possibly now, right? that yeah. could possibly be it. Possibly. They just they knew who I was, but they decided to play the "Who the Hell Are You" card. Yeah, get out of here, Yeah, just call security. But they do have a video out now. I put this up on the Wake Up Wyoming site because they do have a video out now where. They must have shot the video in the spring because they're in front of the Bighorn Mountains where the Bighorns are quite a ways in the background. So they yeah. might be around like north of the Casey area, somewhere in there. Right? Okay. There's an old pickup truck. The field is green. Mm-hmm. The Bighorns with a little bit of snow on the top. Nice. And they're right, either riding in the pickup truck or standing in front of it, depending on which part of the video you're looking at. And they're singing and playing their latest hit song. Which it, it's not just that I enjoyed the music so much. The scenery that they chose to shoot this thing in, the old pickup truck in there, it looks good. Yeah, there is a lot of places like that up there. Yeah. Oh, I, I got to do is just find them. Stunningly beautiful backdrop. So I wrote up the story with the video. I put it on the Wake Up Wyoming website, and they will never know that I did it because I have no idea who I am, Frank. Right. Uh, they'll find out eventually. Trust me. This is the last week of the regular season for high school football in Wyoming. In 4A tonight, Detroit will host Thunder Basin at 6 p.m. Both teams are in the running for the third, the fourth, or the fifth seed in the playoffs. Although, if Detroit wins tonight, they will take the number three seed. Laramie has a win and end game tonight in the, uh, for the eighth seed versus Cheyenne South. That's going to make it hard for Kelly Walsh to get in. The Trojans will be on the road at Cheyenne East. The T-Birds are the number two seed. The KW is going to have a hard time with them. But if they do get a win and Cheyenne South wins tonight, then they're in. Cheyenne Central 
will host Rock Springs. Central is in that 3-4-5 deal as well. In 3A, Douglas will host Lander, and if Douglas wins, they get a number one C from the East. Lander could get a number one C with a win and some help. In 2A, Glenrock is out. They'll be at Upton Sundance. Burns is in as either a three or four seed and will host Bighorn tonight. In 1A, six-man KC is in, and they will have a home playoff game next week. They'll wrap up the regular season tomorrow at Farson. Midwest is out, and the Oilers will conclude the regular season tomorrow at Encampment. College football, the Wyoming Cowboys with a home game meeting Utah State tomorrow night in Larry. The folks are coming off their bye week, so they're four and three overall, two and one in Mountain West Conference play. The Cowboys did beat New Mexico on the road their last time out, thanks to a real solid effort by their defensive line. They'll need to do that again tomorrow. Utah State is three up and four down and two and one in league play. They beat a bad Colorado State team last week. UW favored by four and a half. That's a 7.45 start tomorrow night from War Memorial Stadium. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KOWB in Laramie. State High School Cross Country Meet that will be at Wyoming Indian High School tomorrow on 4A. The Natrona girls really have an excellent chance of winning the team title. And Cheyenne Central Sydney Morrell will be in the running for the individual title. That 4A girls race will be at 10.30 in the morning, followed by the 4A boys race, then the 2A races, then the 3A races. Last night in high school volleyball in 4A, Thunder Basin over Natrona 3-0. Laramie beat Cheyenne Central 3-0. Cheyenne East over Cheyenne South 3-0. And 3A Douglas over Glenrock 3-0. And KC beat Midwest 3-0. Tonight, Laramie will be at Cheyenne East, and Kelly Walsh will be at Rock Springs. In the baseball playoffs, Houston now leads the American League Championship Series two games to none with a 3-2 win over the New York Yankees. The Astros scored three times in the third. The Yankees had just four hits in the game. Game three will be tomorrow in New York, and tonight will be game three of the National League Championship Series with Philadelphia, with San Diego in Philadelphia, and that series is at a game apiece. That's it in sports. Everyone be safe on their travels this weekend. Okay, I actually did. I So I posted my uh, story about the Prairie Wildfire Band just a moment ago, and while I was here just heartbroken telling you this story that they don't even know who I am, I just got this note from them on Facebook. Oh, thank you so much for all of your support, Glenn. And they even spelled it with two N's. See? Oh, thank God. They, they knew the whole some time. They were just giving you the whoosh for yeah, temporarily. So. Well, some creepy old guy is standing yeah. here saying, I love your music. <laughs> what do you do? I'm sorry, you're See? who? We're busy right now. Yeah. That's probably what happened. Yeah. Hey, have a great week. You too. All right, coming up on some local business we have to take care of. We're all into news time after that. National, local, update on your weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming. Slumberland.